Welcome back to the Hour View Podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Angela Beltran. Angela and I discuss her experience of being a parent and raising a child who has a disability. And she also shares some very useful and helpful tips for other parents who are raising children with disabilities. We hope you enjoy the conversation. I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Our View podcast, where we aim to educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. I am very happy to welcome my guest today, Angela Beltran. So Angela, thank you for uh, joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yes. So um, so a little backstory, you and I, we just talked for a few minutes before I uh, was recording and uh, so we're connected through my cousin, Kelly. <laughs> you and Kelly went to uh, college together, to the same college, and met through the Greek life there uh, at the college in um, Oregon. And uh, yeah. Kelly connected us, uh, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago. Um, <laughs> so uh, just so that we could connect. And, um, you know, so I'm very happy that you uh, agreed to be on the podcast today. <clears throat> For having me i feel a little like underqualified but oh, no <laughs> i think sometimes par- other parents are like you know your best resource so yes definitely yeah. and you know like i started off with the you know with the introduction to the podcast like we want to educate and raise awareness and change the tone of conversation about disabilities and i um you know there are multiple ways to do that so you know, I have, uh, like you said, parents, they offer the best uh, resources and they, you know, have provide an insight to the world of uh, caregiving and the world of disability through caring for their children that, uh, you know, that people don't realize uh, all that goes into that. They see what, you know, what people want to share on social media or what they see in their passing or when they go over to visit, but they don't know the 24-hour <laughs> Uh, care that goes into that. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to share your your story and your experience uh, today on the podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, to start off, can you tell us about yourself? Can you tell us who Angela is? Um, so I grew up in a small town in Eastern Oregon. Um, I then went to college at U of O and was kind of like a rude awakening, you know, <laughs> like, okay, this is, there's a whole world out here that I didn't know about. Um, and after college, um, I met Colby. We knew each other in college, but we um, started dating again. And then we decided to have a baby. And I would say now I most identify with being a mom. You know, I know people say, don't just let yourself, you know, be called a mom or, you know, have more to yourself. But I think right now for me, the best thing is to be known as a mom and to take that 100%. And that's what I am right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, and it, it is, it's, it's always, uh, I'm, I'll be 40 in two months and it's just like, my mom is still always in mom mode. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's never, uh, It never goes away. And I say that with so much pride because my mom listens to every episode of this podcast. So I do not want to get in trouble for that. (laughs) So uh, again, like, so I'm going into sun mode right now and damage control. Like, no, it's not a bad thing. (laughs) I appreciate it. And it's, uh, you know, it is a large part of 
as parents, it, it is a large part of, of who you are as a, uh, as a parent, a mom or a dad. And, and it's, um, you know, really important and, and to say it with uh, such pride and you said it with a smile on your face, which I really appreciated as well. <laughs> <laughs> so um, can you tell us uh, a little bit about your son, Jack, and his cerebral palsy diagnosis? And um, uh, tell us something fun that Jack likes to do. I follow you on social media, so I see uh, a lot of things that you all are, are into and you're your dog and everything so uh can you just share some fun stuff <laughs> about jack yeah. um so jack um we actually knew at around his birth so um he was born with the cord wrapped around his neck and at about six hours old he started having seizures and he was rushed to a nearby NICU where he spent two weeks. So we knew pretty much right off the bat that there was going to be some challenges. And um, I mean, that's, you know, a hard adjustment. Um, so I think we're still learning from it. Um, but I mean, Jack is like such a happy little guy. He's always smiling. He does definitely have his days where it's hard. Um, but I mean, he, <laughs> even like going to the grocery store, it doesn't matter. Like people are like, Oh my gosh, Jack is like, he's so cute. He's, I saw him across, you know, the store and he's flirting with me. And I mean, he goes into like every doctor's appointment and flirts with the nurses. And I mean, he's four years old. I don't know how he knows to flirt with females and not males, but he is a lady killer and he will cry when his pediatrician comes in the room and like, you know, goes to touch him or anything and if a lady is in the room and touches him he's like oh okay like so he is <laughs> like a ladies man at four years old <laughs> that is so funny yeah and he um like i said i follow you on social media and he has such a great smile it's uh it really is um something like they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Like you can really see and feel his excitement yeah. through the pictures that you post where, you know, he's just looks like he's having the time of his life. And, uh, you know, I, I love also that you said he, you know, he has the, the rough days as well. And it's like, we all do, <laughs> you know, just like any other four-year-old as well. And any other, in my case, 39, 40 year old as well. <laughs> like we, we all have bad days and, uh, you know, that, that's okay. It's really, um, <clears throat> and as, also, as you said, it's a, a learning, you know, you're still learning. You're always learning about, uh, about him, about his condition and just about, um, you know, about life in general. So I, I think, uh, you know, what you said is, is all very true and, uh, really great. So, uh, I have to get some flirting lessons from Jack, it seems like. So. <laughs> I know. I asked Colby, like, where did he learn this? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, where did he pick that up from? <laughs> yeah, he is like a typical four year old. I mean, I think more so now when we go out, people are realizing, like, oh, okay, he's in a wheelchair. Cause before I carried him a lot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I heard, you know, oh, he's, is he tired? Is your son tired? And for the longest time, I would just say, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, he's tired. But now, you know, I do say, you know, no, he actually has CP and kind of go into it and explain to them because I think it's important that, you know, when people see him, they're not like, you know, oh, is he tired? No, right. you know, like he has 
going on and I'm more than willing to like talk about it and stuff. I think it's healthy to like talk about it. And sometimes it's like nice to vent sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for people to see like, I hear a lot, oh, he doesn't look like he has a disability. And it's like, <laughs> okay, what's he supposed to look like, right. you know, like, and right. I, like, it used to really offend me. Like, are you saying that because he has a disability, he can't, you know, smile at you or he can't, you know, look a certain way or flirt with you? Like, right. so I, I like to sometimes point it out and be like, you know, he's just another typical four-year-old, like just because he can't necessarily speak to you or he can't, you know, walk across the room to you doesn't mean he can't engage with you. Right. Yeah. And that is, um, <clears throat> I'd, I'd love, um, what you said, like talking about it. I think that is, yeah. again, one of my big things is changing the tone of conversation and a big way of how we do that is having conversations and yeah. just to, um, to break down those stereotypes and those stigmas about disabilities and the, you know, oh, he doesn't look like he's disabled. He doesn't look like he has a disability. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Tell me, I don't... What, tell me what that looks like. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I follow some uh, content creators on TikTok and there are some deaf or hard of hearing um, people on TikTok and it's just like, oh, you don't look deaf. And it's like, well, what does deaf look like? Like, I don't understand that, you know, I don't understand that comment at all. Um, yeah. It's, it's like they said they are deaf, so they're deaf. Like, it, you know, it doesn't have a certain look. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's just, and I don't know where it comes from, I guess just maybe from TV and, and other uh, movies and, and TV shows and things where you, uh, you know, where we may see the person with a disability always needing help and always needing a caregiver and things like that. So you know, they'll see somebody like myself in a grocery store by myself and they're just like, oh, like, well, wait, he's in a wheelchair. How's he doing this on his own? And, you know, there's yeah. things in the grocery store I can't reach. So I will ask either another customer or if I see a, an employee, I'll, um, you know, I'll ask them to help me reach something. Like, there's no shame in my game about that. I don't want to bring the whole shelf down either. So <laughs> there's, that, there's that part. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, so I... Uh, you know, so I, I really appreciate you saying that you do uh, talk about it and share, uh, you know, what his diagnosis is. And um, and also just like, like you said, he's a typical four-year-old. They, they four-year-olds are, are a whole lot of fun. I know a few, few people that have four-year-olds and, and five-year-olds and, and it's just, um, you know, they, they like to do, everybody likes to do the same things when it comes down to it. They like to laugh and they like to, uh, you know, feel loved and and all of that and um, acknowledged and, and all of those things. So it's really important that we, um, <clears throat> it's really important that, you know, when you do interact with someone, whether they be a child or an adult with a disability that, um, you know, I'm really big on like disability etiquette things like talk to the child, even if yeah. you as his mother has to respond for him and saying like, oh, he's having a good day or he's having a bad day you know, at least, you know, give Jack that respect and say like, Hey Jack, how you doing? How's, how's the day going? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I had to kind of like tell quite a few people, even like family members, you know, you don't have to talk to him like he's an infant, you know, you don't have to like talk to him in a baby voice all the time or like make little noises at him. I'm like, uh -huh. he's not a puppy. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's not a puppy. <laughs> that is for and sure. He, I get 
gaze. He's learning how to use an eye gaze now, which is essentially like a computer that reads his eyes. And he, um, you know, I shared a video on Reddit that he actually said, mom, I love you. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the first things that he ever said on his eye gaze. And I shared it on Reddit and, you know, there's people who like to like argue all the time or like to point out things. And they were like, why would you share such an intimate moment? And, you know, I, ha- I sat back and I had to think, you know, like being told that your child is never going to speak to you and never going to get to communicate with you. The fact that we found something that he can actually use and it can be his voice vocally for him. I wanted to share that to show, you know, he's not just a body. I know a lot of people kind of look at him and say, oh, he's so sweet and so cute. And he's, you know, he's just a body. He doesn't, he's smart. He's really smart. He, you know, he wanted to say, mom, I love you. And he was like, look, I'm about to make my mom cry. And (laughs) he knew exactly what he was doing in the video. He smirks right after. And he knows like, all right, I'm about to get any toy I want. And it's just like, I had to share that. And the people on Reddit, you know, the person that I was kind of like arguing with was like, you know, I never thought of that. I never thought, you know, I probably would view that child as just a body and maybe, you know, not realize that his mind is probably going a million miles an hour. And I have to sit back and look at, you know, that and realize like, oh, okay, this showed me that he has a voice inside of his body and he wants to talk. Right. Yeah. And just, you know, and, and, and having that device to help him do that is, and the fact that he's learning how to use it and use it in such an appropriate way, it's like, oh my goodness, like that's a really cool accomplishment. And again, yeah. <clears throat> what you said really, uh, you know, really struck me was that being told certain things that your child wouldn't be able to do. Um, yeah. And I can remember my parents saying the same thing about me and other people with disabilities. Their parents were told the same thing of, you know, they wouldn't be able to do certain things and uh, communicate, talk or or whatever it was, uh, walk without, uh, you know, they would be uh, using a wheelchair forever and, and full time. But it's, you know, it's all in that individual person. And like you said, it's more, he's more than just a body. Jack is more than just a body. He is Jack. He yeah. has a name. He, he, you know, he has a, a brain that is functioning and working and it's, uh, you know, being put to use. So it's like being able to express himself through this device is like, that's a heck of an accomplishment for sure that you definitely would want to, uh, you know, to share. Because as you said, uh, when you first started, like parents are the best resources. So you might've posted that video and a parent who never thought of and a, a device like that existed might see that. I mean, <laughs> I never knew half of the stuff existed right. that I know now. Like yeah. I, I would have never even thought that they had something like that. And now to learn that it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. like even to let other people that maybe, you know, don't know anyone with a disability, but you never know one day they might, and they can be like, Hey, you know, I saw this, this video of this child using this device that reads his eyes or like they have like body suits now that could maybe one day help Jack stand on his own or like, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it is important to like share different devices or share different like stories to show that there are so many devices out there. Like they're probably really expensive, but if you can get your hand on it, it's well worth it. 
Yeah. And you just, you never know who you might be reaching through telling your story and sharing that, that one video, like you said, they could, you know, that could reach a, another parent or a, a friend of someone who has a child that, you know, uh, <clears throat> that is nonverbal at the time, but they may be able to use that device. And it, it really is, uh, you know, giving, literally giving them a voice. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's so important. I, I always feel that same way, like about myself to share, you know, to share my stories. And uh, recently I posted things about me driving and my car and, and um, yeah. with my hand controls. And I've gotten so many messages like, wait, where do you get hand controls from? Like, how does this happen? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I want to know for myself, like uh, there's nowhere near here that offers that. So, you know, and then of course the whole process of doing something like that. And like you said, finding devices and the, the cost of things uh, sometimes gets in the way, but um you know, so, but it is, it's just important to share these things because you never know who in the wide world of the internet, um, <laughs> who you might be reaching across the globe, literally, and uh, who, who could have an impact off of the one thing that you shared. So it's really- Yeah, and to, like the cost thing, I mean, I know as a new parent kind of to this world, um, I have found so many foundations, so many grants, um, that help with anything and everything that you might need. You know, you just have to kind of show that you need it and you have to be, sometimes you have to be willing to share your story. And I mean, people want to help and you just have to kind of like go out and search for it. Nobody's going to just hand it to you. Right. Um, thing that I've learned is you have to be willing to like admit that you don't know something because <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to help you unless you ask right. in this world. I think disability sometimes makes people uncomfortable and they don't necessarily know that you might want the help or like, you know, even sometimes on, you know, Instagram or something, I'll have people who I haven't talked to in years and they'll send me something and they'll say, you know, I hope this doesn't offend you, but I saw this and it reminded me of Jack. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Like none of that offends me at all. Like I love the fact that you saw, you know, accessible clothes and target or Kohl's and you sent me that like I absolutely love that um so I think it's just important to kind of use your resources use other people don't get offended you know mm -hmm. yeah I always I always tell people I appreciate it because it shows to me it shows that first of all my the things that I post are being seen <clears throat> yeah so it really it puts it in their mind to think about disabilities. And when they see something, they'll say like, oh, Arthur, I'll send it to him. Uh, the big yeah. now this time of year, I usually get a lot of the um, accessible costumes, like wheelchair costumes that fit over wheelchairs. And yeah, I got my <laughs> last year and this year. So yeah. that's, I mean, I didn't even know about that before. Like I would have never even thought about that, but it is important to see that. It's important to like, you know, walk into Target and realize, oh, hey, you know, this year Jack can be an astronaut because right. there's a rocket ship can go on his wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And just to even see like other little kids, like I know I took him to a fair and rodeo and after it, you know, my aunt said, you know, little kids just love Jack and they just are interested. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, maybe not all kids have seen a child in a wheelchair or, you know, they've maybe never seen a four-year-old that can't verbally talk. So they're interested and little kids are like little sponges and they, you know, usually they're not 
negative, if you let them know that this isn't a negative thing, you know, Jack, he understands you. And yes, he wants you to push his wheelchair with a minute. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's important to share that stuff with little kids. And I think that that's one of the things that I have been trying to do is like, you know, kind of maybe if a little kid is like looking at him in the store, you know, Jack, obviously he usually smiles at them. And then, so, you know, I say like, Oh, Jack likes you or he's smiling at you. You know, you could say hi. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's important. It is. It's so important because educating them as children makes them aware when they become older, uh, teenagers and adults. And that yeah. is, um, that's such a, such a big thing. And it's, um, it really, uh, reminded me again of like my friends who you know who I've known for for years now when they're out and about and they're just like oh my gosh you would like you would hate this 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 place is not accessible and you know I'm going to give them your number and you need to come <laughs> you need to come talk to this you know to this restaurant or you need to come <laughs> to this city and tell them that their you know their sidewalks are not accessible and so it, it's always really really cool to to have those experiences where people are thinking of accessibility features and things like that of restaurants or or um you know department stores or or even in cities and just to uh you know back to what you were saying about other children and how children respond to me and it that's how I started this whole hour view thing because of my nephew and his friends at school that like it hit me like oh maybe they've never seen somebody in a wheelchair before <laughs> Yeah, where I never thought of it because it's just been my life all my life and my cousins that I grew up with and my niece and nephew who, you know, grew up around me. It's like, yeah, they know what it is. So I assume, oh, everybody else knows what it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's like one thing I've been really um, getting every book that I can kind of like collect about anything having to do with disabilities for kids because Jack's hopefully getting ready to start preschool. And, you know, one of the things that we had to look at is not all preschools, you know, are one level or not all preschools have an elevator in them Mm -hmm. or a ramp to get your child into it. So like I've looked at some preschools and I I can't let Jack go there because it's two stories and they only have stairs. So I think even, I mean, even teaching like kids, you know, at a young age, maybe that will help you know, later in life, maybe more preschools will be like, you know, maybe we should make this a one level preschool or we should put an elevator in it or make it accessible to kids that, you know, maybe are in a chair or, you know, in a walker or something like that. So that's kind of what we're doing now is kind of dealing with that is realizing that, you know, there's preschools and schools that not everyone can go to because of that. Right. And not having the children with disabilities in separate schools away from everybody because these separate schools for uh, children with disabilities are the ones with the wheel, with the uh, elevators. And, you know, why not make all of the schools accessible so everybody can just be together? Like that's the <laughs> real easy yeah, thing I, to do. So Jack is in a program called early intervention and mm-hmm. um, they help. I mean, they've been helping him since he was, I think four months old and you know, it's through the school districts um, that you're around and a lot of um, people maybe don't know that it's out there, but I know his pediatrician, you know, put him in for an application when he was like four months old. And so we actually 
have been involved in that and it's opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, like now they are trying to make sure that every child gets a chance to go to a public school, you know, mm-hmm. and they're not tucked, tucked away in a classroom where, you know, it's all kids with disabilities. And I think that that's so important because I mean, Jack is smart and like a lot of kids with disabilities are very smart because they, you know, they look around and they are aware they're constantly watching, like, mm-hmm and seeing everything and you know they sometimes are even smarter because they are watching everyone (laughs) seeing everything and you know not interrupting and actually listening so yeah i think that that's important and taking it all in literally yeah (laughs) and even and kids and that's again it goes back to what you were saying like jack is like every other four-year-old because a, a child with or without a disability can take can pick up on energy from people and oh. le- and will let you know if they're not feeling a certain person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. so true. So that is with or without a disability. I know plenty of kids that will definitely look at you and like, yeah, that's yeah. If we're not <laughs> we're not doing this. I'm not I'm not feeling <laughs> this right now. Like so, you know, they will they will definitely tell you. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I, I know we've we've said so many things already, um, but can you share with us one specific thing that you wish uh, people knew about Jack? I think my main thing is, you know, he's not just a body. So I know I said it earlier, but yeah, he... I, I mean, I think I was even guilty of that. Like, you know, when you saw a kid that maybe wasn't verbal or couldn't walk on his own, you kind of just thought, okay, they're just sitting, you know, that's just a body there. And he has a mind. He's so smart. He's starting to throw fits on his eye gaze. His favorite word is no. Like he, (laughs) he is a four-year-old. Like he wants, he wants to be included. He wants to be played with, you know, like he can't walk up and necessarily play with another child but I mean like his little cousins will interact with him and you can just see it like he lights up like that's why even with COVID I want to get him into like a preschool or program because I think it's going to benefit him so much and you know I've been asked you know oh do you want to have another child and I would love to have another child and I think that siblings are you know really important like I have two brothers and I know I learned so much from them. And I think, you know, letting Jack play with his cousins and see how he lights up. It's like, Oh, okay. Kids just want to interact. You know, they want to just, they want friends. They want people to come up to them and play with them. And I think you have to remember that as, you know, he's, you can't just sit him there and like, you know, put him in front of a TV or, you know, he you have to interact you have to do the same just with every other child you can't just let them have you know here here's an ipad go play like (laughs) you need to interact so i think that's like my main thing now is like realizing that every day take them on an adventure you know take them to a museum take them to the zoo Mm -hmm. interact with them show him that he's just a typical kid right yeah that is so it's so true because that is exactly what you know, that's what everybody wants. That's what kids want and adults. And it's just to, uh, again, to be acknowledged and to uh, have that interaction, that social interaction with other people, with their peers. And, yeah. um, you know, the fact that he, uh, you know, has that interaction with his cousins. Uh, again, as I shared in the beginning of uh, our conversation, uh, you know, my cousin Kelly and she, she and I, we are 
from a very large family. Our, our moms are one of seven siblings and we have 10 first cousins on that side of the family. And now some are married, some have kids. Um, so we're, you know, our Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas dinners, uh, you know, before COVID were, you know, 25, 30 people <laughs> big. So it can be very, uh, you know, very large family uh, gatherings that we have. And the fact that most of us grew up all together and even with uh, Kelly and her brother, they didn't uh, live in New Jersey, but my family, uh, my sister and I, and my mom and dad, we would go visit them. And just to have that interaction with everybody else, uh, you know, really did wonders for, for me, I know. Um, and then it, it also prepared me for the outside world because having an older sister, it's like, yeah, we, you know, we fought and we <laughs> argued with each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I you probably touched your other family and you know mm -hmm. showed them so many things that you know maybe they didn't know or you know they wouldn't know otherwise like I think his cousins and stuff are going to grow up maybe being a lot more open to people and you know I know that you hear so many times that oh kids these days are bullies and I don't know you know I think that that's maybe true but I think that kids are actually kind of you know hopefully coming around to the idea of like oh you know everybody deserves to have friends everybody deserves to be included you know just because so and so can't do this or can't do that doesn't mean that I can't be their friend mm -hmm. um so that's what I've been that's why I've been collecting the books of all the disabilities because I would like to like have like a collection of books that I could take in you know Jack's first day and be like to the teacher, I want to, you know, share these with the class or give them to the class so that they can learn that other kids, you know, not everyone is the exact same or looks the exact same or can do the exact same things. Right. And I think what you said about the bullying, that's a really big thing. And I think it, it, I won't say all of it, but I'll say, I think some of it comes from just not understanding differences and not understanding yeah. that you know, the person that the, the child that they see using the walker or the wheelchair or the crutches needs those to get around. Like, it, and it's, yeah. and it can be a simply, you know, described simply as I tell a lot of kids, well, my leg muscles aren't as strong as yours. So I yeah. need, you know, so depending on their age, like a four or five year old, like, oh, well, what happened to you? Why do you need those sticks? Well, because my leg muscles aren't as strong as yours. And yeah. Like, oh, I said, so yeah. So I wear braces on my legs. I use these crutches and kids are just like oh okay like you know it's no big deal <laughs> yeah usually I mean, they're pretty what I've noticed is they're pretty interested they want to know mm -hmm. and like you know they're way more willing to like I think show compassion if they know you know oh okay like it when Jack has a seizure his aren't like grand mall seizures but they're like little I tell you know, his cousin will sometimes say, like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, you know, his brain just needed to shut down and restart, like a mm -hmm. computer, like, just needs a second to restart. And he goes, oh, okay. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and he has a feeding tube. And, you know, you definitely see eyeballs kind of look at you when you go to feed him. And um, his one cousin is like, oh, ouchie, ouchie. And, you know, you can just explain. It doesn't hurt him. You know, like, this is how he eats. Like, mm -hmm. um, he can taste things in his mouth, but he gets most of his food in his belly. And this helps him. And it you know, it, it doesn't hurt at all, right. you know, and then show him like when you vent him, like, look, he's tooting. And then they, mm -hmm. oh, that's funny. You know, <laughs> so you just have to show kids, I think, and let them know. Yeah. And it's, I think 
the fact that there is a lack of opportunities for them to have those conversations. I think that's a yeah. really big thing. Like it would be great if I don't know how, I mean, I know teachers are so busy. I know a lot of teachers. I appreciate you all. Cause I know a lot of them listen to this podcast again. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how they would fit it in or where they would fit it in, but to have that as part of a conversation, I don't know, I guess science class would be a good way to, to explain some of these things and, you know, talk about the nervous system and how the brain works and the, you know, development, how that works and how certain disabilities are caused, uh, you know, as a result of, of certain things, but yeah, um, it's, it's really, I, I think that's what it is. They don't have an opportunity to learn about these things unless if they, you know, like Jack's cousins, they have somebody in their family or they have a friend or someone they know in their neighborhood who has a disability that's going to take time to, uh, you know, share stories and experiences of, of saying like, oh yeah, this is just how I do stuff and it's no big deal. I, I have to do this and I keep it moving. Like life, you know, I'm, I'm living life. And like you said, how, how Jack eats, it's, it doesn't hurt him. And it's just how he eats. It's, it's just different from the way that, that you eat, but it's it's still his, the, his way of eating. Yeah, I saw another parent that, um, you know, every year that her child goes to school, she gives a presentation, her and her husband go in and they give a presentation and then they let the class ask questions. And I think that that's one thing that I would love to do is do that every year, you know, go into his class, you know, maybe have a couple classes that Uh you share, you know, this is Jack, this is, you know, how he does things. Do you have any questions? And you would I think you'd be surprised how many kids have questions and, you know, once you teach them, not only, you know, could they be his like ally and, you know, help him, but it'll, you know, maybe, okay, well, this class learned about him, like, oh, well, you know, then this is how he works. And, you know, then they want to share more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it makes them less afraid of things they don't know. Cause I think that's where it comes from too, with the bullying and, you know, just making fun of and picking on, on kids because they don't know that they don't know what it is. They don't, it's different to them and they just have to, um, be educated, literally just be educated about it. They're, they're not, they're uneducated on these topics related to disabilities and, uh, it can all be shared and all explained in, uh, at their grade level, uh, yeah. in such a way where the older kids will get more details about things where they can understand things better. And the younger kids, you can keep it very simple. And they're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think you'd maybe be surprised how many kids could maybe teach their parents even like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I know I've had some parents ask me, you know, Oh, at what age are you going to put Jack in a house? And I'm like, uh, what? he's in a house. Like mm-hmm. he's in our house. Like, right. I don't know if people still think that that's, you know, what I would do to my child is, you know, put them in a home or put them, mm-hmm. you know, ship them away or something. But I, I was very surprised that I have been asked that multiple times by people who I, you know, I thought were pretty educated, but I had to sit back and think, wait, is that really what they think? Like that I would do that? Like, mm-hmm. or that that's what happens? Like, that's not, you know, I chose to have Jack. I love my child and I'm going to take care of him until, you know, right. Hopefully, you know, till he can be on his own or. Yeah, it's, um, it is, it's, it's so amazing and interesting to me how, um, how old stereotypes stick around. 
Like, how do they yeah. still have, <laughs> how do they still have feet <laughs> and like get, you know, get to now present day 2021 and uh, the outdated thinking is, uh, you know, it's always shocking to me to hear uh, some of the outdated ways that people still think of, of those of us who have disabilities. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So um, the last question I have for you is um, what would you tell new parents who are experiencing life with a new, either a newborn or a toddler who has a disability? What is some advice that you could uh, give to them? Um, I think that, so for us, we didn't, you know, we had the easiest pregnancy. We really had no idea until hours after Jack was born that something went wrong and that, you know, take time to realize, you know, that your life is going to change and that's okay. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to maybe grieve the loss of the life that you thought you would have and realize that now, you know, you're on a different journey and that's okay. And you know, I think that we're still learning that obviously, like it's okay to need a break and take a minute and, you know, being a mom is hard enough, but being a caregiver is sometimes even harder. And I'm a stay at home mom now. Um, but I mean, there's, there's times when even I need to be like, Ooh, okay, I need my mom to come over and I need to take a break or I need to go to target and, you know, <laughs> decompress. And I think that that's okay to do. Like, it's okay to realize you can ask for help or you need help. And they have programs out there now, like, um, respite care for parents or, you know, having a personal service worker that can come in and help you or have nursing come in sometimes and help you. Um, like Jack has horrible sleeping issues and one thing I've learned is that it's it's okay to do what's right for your family. So, like, right now, Jack and I share a bed. And, you know, it's okay to do that and not be ashamed. Like, okay, you know, I share a bed with my four-year-old. That's just what we have to do. And it's okay to do that. And I think you have to kind of, you know, let yourself realize that it's your journey. It's you and your kid's journey. It's the parent's journey. Do what's best for you ask for help, find the grants, find the programs, ask the pediatricians, you know, for advice. I know like his pediatrician and his, I think it's like his nurse that is like his main person. They have given us so much advice and so many programs and stuff. So I, I think if you look for the programs that you need, you look for the funds that you need, you can get stuff done as a parent. Definitely. Yeah. It's really, um, all of all of what you said is so so true and just um the big thing i i like that you mentioned is you know recognizing when you when you need a break because <laughs> uh, it's like yes you yes we know you can do it all but you don't have to <laughs> um, yeah and i mean i think important. as like a as a friend or you know if you see somebody asking for help it usually means they really need it because mm -hmm. that's you know the one hardest thing is like people have a hard time asking for help and admitting that, you know, I, I need a minute. So if someone is taking the time to ask you for help, give them help. Yes. Like, cause they yeah. probably really they, need it. Yeah. They really mean it. <laughs> that is so true. And, um, I, I thank you again for this uh, great conversation. And I know for sure that, um, 
you know, your story and uh, your stories about Jack uh, will definitely reach uh, so many people through this podcast and the uh, work that you're sharing on uh, social media too. It's really, um, it's really great to uh, see everything that you all are doing. And it just really does bring a smile to my face, even though I've never met you all in person. <laughs> next time I'm Hopefully back. one day. Yes. Next time I'm back out that way, I'll definitely make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Thank yeah. you for having me. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, so it, this is a great conversation again. And um, just again, having your insight as a parent uh, of a four-year-old, which, you know, every, and every child is different, but, and at the same time, I would say, every child has some similarities <laughs> and yeah. uh you know so people can relate to these stories that you've shared and um you know it's really important and i think you offered some really good just some really good advice of you know the biggest thing is like people with disabilities are more than just being a body like they do have uh you know they do have brains that work and they have um you know they they have a, a desire for social interaction with other people and it's just um, breaking down those stereotypes and getting rid of that old way of thinking from uh, society as a whole to, um, you know, to really just acknowledge people with disabilities and, um, you know, to let them uh, be, be human beings and be people. So <laughs> I think it's really, uh, really important, uh, this conversation that we've had. So thank you again so much for your time and I look forward to uh, speaking with you soon. Thank you. Thank you.